Welcome to the Dietitian's Dish Podcast. We are Gina and Nicole, two dietitian mamas and good friends living in Ohio and Michigan. This is a podcast dedicated to making whole family wellness more fun and less stressful. Whether you're listening in the car or slumped on the couch with a glass of wine, welcome. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm Gina. And I'm Nicole. And today we are dishing out our fifth Q&A episode, but today, but first, excuse me, let's catch up. Nicole, what's going on? Uh, well, right before, right as we were hitting record, um, I have on my catch ups here that Shay has her first crush and man, it's, she's crushing hard. His name is Tristan and he was moved from her table of three because they apparently couldn't just reel it in at all. We had our first parent teacher conference tonight virtually with Shay's teacher and her only feedback. She, I mean, Shay's in like the um, it was impressive. It was something like the 89th percentile for math and like the 85th for um, reading and language. Oh, so wow. That's, nice. Yeah, it's great. Um, and then she said, you know, the only thing she needs to work on is she's very social. And I, she said, basically, I think she's a little bored. And so when they're doing group activities, she can just be a little a little rambunctious with her friends. Um, and we we asked about Tristan and she the, her teacher just kind of like gave a gave a confirmation nod of yes, Shay, Shay is fond of Tristan and Tristan Uh is fond of Shay. So um, that was pretty cute. Uh, Okay. Also with school, we have a little milk dilemma. Um, So Shay loves milk. The kid is obsessed. She would drink a gallon a day. I think I've said this. So with school, um, I don't think I told you this already, but we we get free lunch. All, All the students are getting free lunch. And they can choose white milk or chocolate milk. And so we told Shay, because she is not accustomed to having chocolate milk, she loves white milk. We said, you can choose to have chocolate milk once a week. Did I already tell you this? No. Okay. So she always chooses Mondays because we choose all of her lunches online. Um, so Monday, she gets chocolate milk with her lunch. So week two of school, she comes home and it was Tuesday. And I was like, how was school? And she gives me this like shit eating grin. And I'm like, what's going on? She's like, I got chocolate milk today and it was Tuesday and I got chocolate milk on Monday too. She's so funny. And so Mark and I start asking just some clarifying questions. And basically the gist of it is they were going just just going to the classroom and asking the kids what they wanted. So I emailed her teacher. I'm like, well, what's the point of selecting what she is going to get online if she's just going to get whatever she wants? Because she was also doubling up on breakfast. She would have breakfast at home and then they would offer free breakfast at school. So it just turned in, we went from like twice a day, like basically the recommended amount of milk, two cups a day, to yeah. she was getting four cups a day, two of those being oh. chocolate and doubling up on breakfast. I'm like, oh, okay, this is like a dietitian mom nightmare. Um, so many things wrong with that. <laughs> so many things wrong with that. And I'm just going, okay, no wonder we're seeing a lot of problems arise earlier. You know what I mean? It just got yeah. me thinking like, and I just explained to her teacher like, I'm going to be that crazy parent because I'm a dietitian and I really would like to see this improve. Um, yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah, it was a little discouraging. Um, were, were there any issues with constipation at home? I know it was only a couple of days, but ooh. you know, that's that's a, a great lot of question. I, I feel like Shay's day is really long because she doesn't get on the bus until 820. And normally Mark's been doing that because I'm already at work by that point. And then she doesn't get off the bus until 421. 
So mm. she, it's like a full, and then I don't get home from work till then. And I, I usually sneak in a quick workout. So I don't really see Shay until like 530 for the day, mm-hmm. 545 even. And I mean, sh- we're having to bump up bedtime because girlfriend's tired. I mean, oh, these yeah. kids do not want to get up in the morning. So it's, it's been a challenge. We've, we've had, even though she was in, you know, Montessori and everything before kindergarten, this is an adjustment. I don't know. Oh yeah, for sure. New school, new people. Yeah. New schedule. Yeah. Dad's at home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wild, wild west over here. What's going on with you, Gina? Oh, geez. Well, it's funny that you mentioned Shay having a crush because right before I came down here, Paige said to me that her best friend has four boyfriends. Honestly, oh I I don't even remember having crushes in kindergarten. I feel like it's a little bit young, although I do remember having crushes in first grade. So really, what's the difference, I guess? Maybe kindergarten, I just... I don't know. I just, I just don't remember. I feel like my first crush was in first grade. Anyway. Well, and our girls are a little older for their grade. True. But I just wasn't ready for it. And then she mm-hmm. said, I have crushes too, but no one wants to date me. I was like, what? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Does, do you even know what dating means? I think she's got four boys in her class. She's in a very small class. Um, I'm just like, I, do you, That's and then we so had gotten to a whole, cute. it was, it was really cute, but we had to have the whole discussion about, cause she said, what is a crush? That, that was actually the first question that she asked. And I explained to her, you know, and then I kind of talked about, you could have a crush on a girl or a crush on a boy. And uh, yeah, I had the whole conversation, but, um, so yeah, we've started, we've started that wasn't prepared, <laughs> but I think I, I, I did okay with that one. Uh, when this comes out, we will be roughing it outside on the at the campgrounds. Hopefully, it's not too cold. Also, our kids watched Hocus Pocus for the first time yesterday, and now they are obsessed. Have your kids seen that movie yet? No. Have you? I don't think so. Oh my gosh, Nicole! Come on. I know you have not seen Hocus Pocus. I don't think so. I'll add it to the list. You, uh, yes, you must. It, it came. I mean, it was. It was for our age. I mean, I know you're a little bit younger than me, but it was definitely a movie that I want to say it came out in the probably early 90s. I hope I'm not way off, but it was just the, the movie. Sarah Jessica Parker is in it. Okay. And Bette Miller, I want to say, is also one of the witches. You, you got to see it and watch it with the girls. Okay. I love it. All right. Okay. So just before we begin, a quick favor to ask if you like this podcast, please write us a review. Reviews on iTunes are everything to us and they really help us reach more people. So we'd appreciate it so much. Awesome. All right. Our fifth Q&A, Gina, can you believe it? I can't. I enjoy these episodes. I know. And it's the listeners that make them great. So our first question, listener question, um, sounds like comes from a dietitian. How do you guys combat judgment from other people about what you do or do not eat as dietitians? Sometimes I find myself not sharing that I'm an RD just because I feel judged. I hate that I do because I'm proud of it. I love that. I good good for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely would say that I feel like I dealt with this much more as a new RD, maybe in my first few years. Uh, I don't know if it was because I wasn't used to it or perhaps I cared more at the time uh, or maybe I was just more acutely aware of it. I'm really not sure, but I will say that now I am just so confident in what I do as far as food and nutrition choices for me and my children that if someone wants to judge, honestly, I could care less and go ahead and judge away. I will say, I I think also for me, it was hard because I worked in a grocery store. So not only did I work there, but I also shopped there. 
So I did sometimes <laughs> feel like people were watching what was I put in my cart, but I got over that pretty fast. I, again, I'm just like, if you, if you want to ask me a question about why I'm eating this or why I'm not eating that, go ahead and ask me. I'll tell you. Interesting. What about you? Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree, especially being earlier on, I guess you could say in my career. What I kind of always go back to is just the self-assurance that while I'm not perfect, I walk the walk. Um, so I think a lot of what's most visible to people, whether that's kind of my blog or, you know, followers on Peloton or people looking at what I cook or what I eat, um, all portrays kind of a healthy lifestyle. Uh, but I feel like I could easily get sucked into feelings of judgment when it comes to like either dining out with other dietitians or maybe grabbing a beer at a local bar. Uh, or most obviously, probably my weight. But at the end of the day, I, I encounter encounter far, far more people who both recognize and appreciate the display of balance versus the strive for perfection. And I think that nicely aligns with all the movements, whether it's health at every size or intuitive eating. I would say it's just it's a really good time to be a dietitian um, and to to live a bit more judgment judgment uh, free life. Not that you know everybody feels judged at times, but. Um, I feel like if you're kind of having to fit into a certain agenda, I'd say that's more of a reflection on the people maybe that you're working with or maybe that you follow online or, or just kind of maybe, you know, your family members and really, you know, just that they have this incomplete or limited picture of a healthy lifestyle overall. So yeah, I've definitely yeah. worked with more, worked with dietitians that are a bit, um, Hmm. What's the right word? Um, I would, I would say just more like perfectionist driven. Um, not, not quite as balanced if you will. Um, but I feel like those dietitians are far and fewer between. What do you think? I would agree with you. The, I would even say some of my dietitian past coworkers that I'm still friends with now have even changed their tune. In fact, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was, uh, I was texting with a dietitian I worked with at the grocery store, what, seven plus years ago. And I was hoping that she would agree with me. I was like, can you believe we used to do 10 week weight loss classes and have our, have the people, the customers, I guess is what they were, get on the scale and weigh themselves. I mean, I just cringe at that. And I was really hoping she agreed with me. And she was like, yes, it's the worst. I think about it all the time. I would never do that again. You know, just stuff like that. Um, I think, I do think that even over the past five, 10 years, I mean, this whole, like you said, health at every size movement, the intuitive eating, more dietitians are grasping onto that and I love it. And I think it's going to help. Uh, but, but again, I, I, but I think even with this question, RDs feel more judged by non RDs. I think RDs, we, you know, Mm -hmm. we are all, you know, um, friends in a way we are. We know each other. We know what it's like to live as a dietitian, but it's the lay public who's not a dietitian who might be judging us more. And what are you going to do about that? You know, that you just educate and you, you preach, mm-hmm. tell, them, tell them what you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> have confidence in your, in your decisions. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you want to ask number two? Since sure. I'm the only one that answered. <laughs> <laughs> I figured we only needed one answer yeah. for that. Uh, I guess I could answer about the recommendation, but the question is, do you recommend monk fruit extract as a sugar substitute? Um, and do you want to make your note here about, well, you, you I mentioned did, in the last episode, but. I mentioned in the last episode. Yeah. That I, I don't know much about monk fruit extract other than it's a more natural, uh, and it's not non-caloric. It's just, mm-hmm. I, I believe it's 
right? Is it non-caloric is, or is, does it have um, a little I, bit of calories? Oof. It's I think, very low. Yeah. And it's, but it's many, many times more sweet than sugar. So you can, I think you can it's get very comparable adding, to stevia as far as okay. its nutrition, but don't okay. quote me on that. Yeah. So it, it does make me happier when I see that on a label. For example, the chocolate milk that I was talking about last uh, episode, it used to have sucralose, which is Splenda. And they've recently switched to monk fruit. They probably got some pushback from, you know, consumers and I would be one of them. I would prefer the monk fruit extract because it's more natural. Yeah. So I, I guess I do recommend it. If, uh, you know, long story short. Yeah. I don't know much about it though. Did you um, have anything to add about what exactly it is? I just know it's non-caloric or if it does have calories, it's very a small low, yeah. amount and it's many, many times more sweet than sugar. Yeah. And it's natural. Good option for those who choose to include sugar substitutes in their diet. Most similar to stevia, like you said, processed similarly. Um, and just for more information on sugar substitutes in general, be sure to check out our last episode, episode 71. It's all on sugar substitutes. We don't talk about monk fruit specifically, um, but it's helpful to know that even non-nutritive sweeteners elicit an insulin response. Uh, they can condition our taste buds to crave more sweetened foods and perhaps give a psychological kind of permission to overconsume elsewhere in the diet. So those are just kind of some, you know, nutritionally, is it recommended? Yeah, it's probably pretty, pretty solid. Um, and it's been used for years in Asia. I mean, decades. Um, okay. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, but just be sure to check out the the full episode 71 for more details on sugar substitutes, but good question. Um, all right. So question three, my kid won't take his or her multivitamin. Should I be concerned? Oh yeah. I love this question. And I'm actually one to ask this question. I, I've actually had friends ask me this point blank, blank, like they'll come to my house and see that I have multivitamins and they, th- and they ask, should I be giving my toddler or my infant or my child a multivitamin? And I typically say yes. So infants tend to get iron because of fortification and formula. Breastfed infants need iron after about uh, age six months. And I'm going to talk to you real quickly in a minute here about why I'm talking about iron, but I'll continue. So there is a reason why pediatricians do test iron, and it's because it can be hard to get after 12 months. There's no more formula. And again, a breastfed infant isn't getting enough from through breast milk. And then they're probably not even getting breast milk anymore, most of them at 12 months. So after age one and up there, uh, up until they are teens, kids need, need about seven to 10 milligrams of iron. It's certainly possible to get iron from meats, seafood, and dark greens, but with kids tending to be more quote unquote choosy during their younger years, you know, generally for my kids, I would say it was between ages two and four. I've always given my kids iron in a, in a multivitamin. And that's really, I keep talking about iron because for me, that is the number one most important thing in that multivitamin that my kid needs to get. Everything else, I'm, I really don't think it's necessary just for, you know, just the, a, a typical kid with no nutrient deficiencies that are known, I guess, um, and that who, has, who eats a generally well-rounded diet. It's really the iron that I think is the most difficult to get. Um, that I think a lot of kids are not getting enough of. Does your pediatrician do an uh, iron test, Nicole? Mm-hmm. See, and it's funny. Every single person I talk to says, yes, my pediatrician actually doesn't. And I, um, she's actually not a pediatrician. She's a family practice doctor, but I went, I've gone to her since I was an infant. So we decided to go and bring my kids there. So maybe that's why they don't do the iron test, but it's very common because again, a lot of kids are low in iron. 
when I went to get Paige tested for to see what why she was throwing up all the time, I found out she had GERD. They did a blood draw and I found out she was low in iron. Well, if my doctor had been testing it, I would know this. But that was when I started giving her iron. And I would honestly just recommend it to everyone. She's also on GERD medicine. So if you have kids who take GERD medicine for gastroesophageal reflux disease, it actually will impede the absorption of iron. So another reason why it might be important. I would also say, especially if you're up, you know, north of the equator, like we are, and it's the winter, fall months, it's hard to get enough vitamin D. So a multivitamin will have generally plenty of vitamin D in there too. So you can just give your kid the multi. They'll be good on iron. They'll be good on vitamin D. And then everything else can just kind of fill in the gaps and it should be just fine. But here's the question. If your kid won't take a multivitamin, I will say they can taste very irony. I was giving Paige and Cameron a Flintstone vitamin for years, years, they're not very old, but Paige was (laughs) taking it for about three years without a problem. All of a sudden she just refused to take it. And I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? The iron drops are disgusting. All multivitamins generally taste the same and don't even think about giving your child a gummy because I have not once found a gummy (laughs) that has iron in it. And I know you're laughing because that's what you give your kids. No, no, I give oh, no? fiber gummies. No, no, no. Oh, fiber, um, I right. did. I learned from you, Gina. Um, Thank you. It's just, you're so threatening. I love it. You're like, don't even. <laughs> don't even put it in your grocery cart. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like when, you, when you're pregnant. I, I always cringe when I see prenatal vitamins that are gummies. Like, yeah. they're not going to put iron in there. So what is even the point? I mean, especially if you're pregnant, you need iron. Anyway, so I've, I've yet to find a, a gummy that has iron in it. I don't think that it exists. So don't give your kid the gummy. Um, but I did, I will say, find one. It's called Renzo's Vitamins. And I'll put a link in the show notes. And it's uh, from Amazon. And it's one that actually tastes more like candy, but it's not real loaded in sugar or anything. And she kind of just sucks on it and it melts in her mouth. And she has, it does not taste irony. I will say I, I tried one and they're actually pretty good. Uh, so I would highly recommend giving those a try if your children uh, don't love the taste of, of uh, multivitamins. I will say also Flintstone used to have aspartame, but now they do not. So if you ever oh. have looked at the back of a bottle and seen aspartame and been and said to yourself, no, thanks, they no longer have aspartame, which makes me very happy. Yeah. That's, yeah. That was dumb that they even did that. I uh, agree. Probably for tooth carries though, don't you think? Here's so a funny tooth carries. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't I sound like I, that's straight from an RD book somewhere, like an RD to B book. For those who don't know, that means cavities. Um, <laughs> I think everyone knows that, but I don't know. It sounded funny to me. Uh, probably, yeah. Or why not just put nothing? I think they replaced it. I don't think they replaced it with anything. When I oh, look at the label, I could be wrong. Or maybe natural flavors. Who knows? It still tastes fine. In fact, I think it tastes better without the aspartame. I don't love aspartame. I think it tastes, yeah. my taste buds just don't like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, all right. So next question with the holidays coming up, can you share some of your favorite holiday sides and desserts? Why don't you go first, Nicole? Okay. Um, crustless pumpkin pie. I know I talked about it last year. Mark and I, like we just, I'm not a bit like crust person, but I love oh the part. I love the inside of pumpkin pie. So for me, I love a crustless pumpkin pie. Super basic. Um, eggs, evaporated milk, pumpkin, sugar, bake. It's so good. Okay. Um, and also just like mashed sweet potatoes. Okay. I know. You I'm like just super basic. That is super basic. What do you, how do you make your, ma- so do you just follow a, a basic mashed potato recipe, but instead use sweet potatoes? No, I'll usually use like milk, a little bit of butter and a little bit of brown sugar and okay. probably some like cinnamon, but 
I mean, you can really do anything with them. I wouldn't. Mm. I prefer like more of a sweet mash than like a savory, mm. but there are savory sweet mashed potatoes, ma- savory mashed sweet potatoes. Anyway, you get the gist of it. Um, yeah. But I know we have a whole episode coming up on um, some of our favorite vegetarian and vegan sides and um, products. So, yes. What about you? Yeah. Brussels sprouts. I will say it's funny. Nick was like, so where are we going for Thanksgiving this year? Assuming that someone else is going to do it. He's like, tell him I'm bringing Brussels sprouts every year. He just he wants to bring his Brussels sprout recipe to Thanksgiving. And I'm like, that is fine with me. We'll bring Brussels sprouts. You'll make them. Sounds good. Check. But I put my favorite recipe in there. Honestly, it's really just Brussels sprouts and bacon. If you don't want to add the bacon, that's fine. There's actually some pretty good vegetarian bacon out there. Um, that has the same kind of flavor and texture as regular bacon. So you could use that or just nothing. But I I think that Brussels sprouts need some type of like an umami blue cheese or some, something mm. that wouldn't be very thanksgiving But anyway, I put the recipe in there. So Brussels sprouts, pomegranate salsa. I love to bring that as an appetizer or have it out as a snack because it's just so pretty. It has pears and pomegranate and some other, I think, onion. Uh Pepperoni bread is my uh, claim to fame around the holidays. I pretty much give it out as gifts. So if you know me, you're probably getting a pepperoni bread or two. And I bring them to parties. I make probably like 20 and put them in our freezer to have as, you know, party favors if we go to any parties this year, which we're pretty much the opposite of you, Nicole. We'll probably be saying no to all parties. (laughs) Um, So I'll probably have 20 loaves of pepperoni bread waiting for me at the end of the holidays. Uh, a simple apple pie. We went apple picking a couple times last year and I had so many apples and, and I started making apple pie and I put my, the simple, simple recipe that I use in the show notes. That's almost so simple. You think like how you feel bad. <laughs> like I huh. shouldn't even take credit for this. It's so simple. Now it does. Call, I do use a Pillsbury um, dough. I don't make my own dough or crust. So it's really just the two sheets of Pillsbury dough. You put it in the pan you mix the apples um, with some cinnamon, lemon juice, sugar, cinnamon, did I say that? Cinnamon, yeah. lemon juice, sugar, and butter. And then you put it into the crust, put the top on, do a couple slits and bake it. It's, it's delicious. And then I always have to make butternut squash cookies during this time of year, which you can really use any type of like a starchy vegetable. I, you could probably use mashed potatoes or acorn squash or pumpkin. You could certainly use pumpkin. Have you been able to find canned pumpkin, by the way? Yep. Yep. Ah, I can't find it anywhere. And Nick was like, so he worked, he sells food um, for a, a large food distributor. He said, oh, I can get you, uh, you know, a, a can. Number 15 can. Large. Yes. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, please get it. And, he, and he's like, well, I don't even know what he said, but he made an excuse for not getting it. I'm like, I want it. I, I, we have not had any pumpkin at all this season. Maybe it's something about Columbus. Because when we lived there too, you, do you remember the great pumpkin shortage that year? Okay. Every year. This is what I said to Nick. He, he, he was looking at Twitter because he's obsessed. He's like, oh, apparently there's a pumpkin shortage this year. And I'm like, literally that happens every year. I hear about this every year. No, I remember <laughs> when we lived in Columbus, I finally found it at GFS and I bought number 15 cans of pumpkin. And Mark was like, you've got to be kidding me, Nicole. Like this is this is <laughs> unacceptable. Do you realize that? And I'm like, uh, we're all entitled to our own opinions, Mark. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, but how I'll- can you go through like the season without like I, no, I keep trying. Walmart says they have it. I, I did order it for um, delivery on Friday. I, we'll see if it actually happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everything pumpkin. It's funny you say that about the apple pie. I, I don't know if I told you, but I recently made apple pie for the first time and it was such a pain. Oh my oh. gosh. Did you make your own crust? 
No, and it was still a pain. You cut up all the apples and then you soaked them in sugar and like let all these juices come out of them. And then I mixed it with Goldschlager and drink it over ice. It was so good. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. When I was making the apple pie. So we went apple picking. We had all these apples. So this recipe, and I just posted on the blog. I'll link it in the show notes if anybody's interested. Okay. Um, post, But you, oh, don't quote me on the number of apples, but it was like 10 apples mm-hmm. per pie. So Yeah, I, that sounds right. It was a lot of apples, a lot of peeling, okay. a lot of slicing. So then you just mixed it oh, with I don't sugar. Peel. You don't peel them? No, no. Oh, of course you don't. That takes too much time. Yeah. Okay. So peel, core, slice. It was a whole thing. And then you take the sugar and you mix it and then you put it in a fine mesh colander over a bowl. And you, but so much of it came out, you let it sit for 45 minutes. So that liquid, that reserved liquid, I mixed with a Goldschlager and made cocktails that night. It was so good. That sounds delicious. Yes, I would do that. But the the apple pie, no. Use my recipe instead. Okay. Noted. (laughs) So much easier. Yeah, it was not okay. easy. Okay. <laughs> Question five. Can you speak to your thoughts on the Noom program? N-O-O-M for Noom for anyone unfamiliar with it. Sounds like an anti-diet program, but I'm looking in, in looking into it. Uh, I'm curious what you two think. Mm-hmm. So I did go to the website to see what happened because honestly, I did not know much about it. So on the website, they claim to be a psychologically based plan that includes no dieting. <laughs> but it's a weight loss plan, which in itself is a diet, in my opinion. Uh, so here's what I did. I gave them my height of 5'3", and I told them my goal was 110 pounds, which is not a healthy weight per like BMI or ideal body weight standards. It's pretty low. It would definitely be considered underweight. And it's also, I think most importantly for me, completely unrealistic. I think I weighed that like in, I don't know, 11th grade. Um, actually, no. I was... I definitely weighed way less than that in 11th grade, as I've talked about on previous episodes. I probably weighed that. Who knows? It's not realistic for me. That's the bottom line. So instead of doing anything on the website, so such as maybe suggesting a more realistic and healthy weight, they indicated with a chart, I kid you not, they pulled a a, a chart came up and it said that Noom users actually get to smaller weights than that. Like here's a regular, you know, dieter. Noom users get to this. Now they didn't have the weight listed, but it basically said your, um, it had an arrow and it had this chart and it said, uh, your goal weight, Noom users and Noom users was lower. I was flabbergasted. I could not believe this. Mm-hmm. It's probably the same chart they put up for everyone. They just, they just use it over and over again. Uh, so another thing about it, once I finally found out, you can't really find anything out about the diet unless you put in all your information and then put in your email, blah, blah, blah. And then it sends you a plan. So basically what it does is it rates foods green to yellow to red, which is a diet culture way of moralizing foods, you know, great, okay, and bad. You can't learn much about the program again without giving your email. And they did have some studies at the bottom and they said they they highlighted the one that said 60% of their users have kept kept their weight off for a year. Um, I don't know about you, but that isn't even that good. Like a year? I mean, a year, that isn't even that hard. And it's only 60%. So 40%, almost half of your users have gained all their weight back after just a year. Like, I wouldn't be highlighting that. Am I Am I wrong in thinking that's not even that good? I'm not impressed. No. I'm not, it's, yeah, it's, I would not even highlight that. Um, either way, who cares? So if you're looking for the newest, latest, and greatest diet, sure, give it a try. 
If you're looking for food freedom and want to move away from tracking and having technology help you decide what and when to eat, I would say it is not for you. What do you think, Nicole? Yeah, I, I think your response is great and very balanced. Um, I would say that the strength of the program is probably in the coaching and the accountability. I, I at least value that it's it's that and not just um, a virtual, yeah, here, you can lose more weight than others. Um, uh, for people who are, work, like, especially for people who are, are working for feedback and that ongoing accountability, um, I think that's the strength of the program. But like you, I put in my height and weight and it spit out a weight loss of one and a half pounds a week, which is quite rapid. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah. It's, and it didn't like ask, it asked me like how much I exercise, you know, just that kind of stuff. Like not really. And it asked me, do I prefer salads or wraps? Like it oh, was, I, the know. Mo- it I was like, okay, like that's really. <laughs> What does that even have to do with anything anyway? So, well, are they putting together a diet plan for you? Is that why? Not that I, well, like you, I had to sign up and, you yeah. know, put, give them my email to find out more. So they, they give you just, um, just a dangle of information. Yes, um, you a little carrot. A little Keep you coming back. Mm-hmm. I have talked to a few RDs who work for Noom. And so oh. I appreciate that they hire nutrition professionals, although it doesn't appear to be required for their coaching positions on the website. It oh. says a bachelor's degree or associate's degree plus 2000 hours of related wellness experience, which is oh. quite a lot. That's a lot, but it doesn't say that that has to be like direct coaching. You know what I mean? Interesting. Um, like for my CDE credential certified diabetes educator, I need a thousand hours, but that's a thousand like patient education hours, not right. just a thousand worked hours. Right. Um, and then Very it specific. also mentioned, yeah, it also mentions motivational interviewing and goal setting, which are, we know, tenants to successful behavior change. So I would say um, it, it's something to, I mean, it's got some strengths, but I think, yeah, it, it, they're definitely pushing the marketing, right? I mean, it, and it, and like you said, it's a diet. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just so. another one of those diets that we'll be hearing about for a couple of years and then it'll fade out and something new and fresh will come. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Um, so question number six. Okay. How did you meet your spouses? <laughs> well, yeah, we asked um, listeners for, to ask us anything. So uh, Mark and I met on Match.com. I always joke that we're like the founding fathers of Match.com because we met on the website in 2003. Oh, my gosh. So, and you guys I were in know. college, correct? Yeah, I was a freshman. Oh, my gosh. Why were you on Match.com? Like, you can find a guy in college. Okay, so here's what happened, Gina. So I went to college with my with the guy I was dating from high school and I was playing ice hockey for the university so I was playing ice hockey with women all the time. I was assigned to the only all girls dorm oh, yes. in the entire Me school. Too. We've had this conversation. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I'll tell the story. And then I was a dietetics major, so my classes all were girls. almost nearly they really were like all women. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so then I'm in a chemistry lab. Uh, or chemistry actually lecture. It's like a thousand people in this room. And I get past this note that says, are you so-and-so's girlfriend? And I was like, who are you? And so I met with her after class and she's like, I just thought you should know that he was in my dorm room with my roommate to like 2 a.m. And I was like, really? So I approached him about it the next day and he was like backed. Um, and that was the end of that. So I went, I was like spiraling. I was like, I'm never going to meet a man. Um, so I joined match.com and ended up meeting my husband. Oh my gosh. Well, that's great. It worked yeah. out for you. And he's two, how he's four and a half he's years old. Significant. Older. Oh, four and a half. Okay. Okay. So he oh. was in grad school when I was a freshman. Nice. Yeah. Right. yeah. Nice. How about you guys? So we worked at work, but this was, so I had a job. I was 23 
and I had just graduated college and I was living with my parents in my during my internship. And I worked at, as a waitress at a local restaurant, a fish fry restaurant. What's it so called again? Old Bag of Nails. Old Bag of Nails. Yes. Oh, it was so much fun. And he was there. He was a line cook there. He was 27, didn't know what he was doing with his life. And I just, I mean, he's a hunk of hunk of burning love. I thought he was Aww. so hot. Um, of course, at the time I was like, you know, not looking to settle down at all or really even find a boyfriend. I just wanted to have some fun. Um, but a little bit of fun turned into a really long-term relationship. 15 years later, we've got two kids and still going strong. So yeah, that was, I love it. Yeah, we're gonna was, we're gonna bring those fellas on here in a couple we weeks. We are, <laughs> and we're talking about oh my gosh, remind me what we're talking about. We're talking about like parenting strengths, that, yes, and and kind of like how they parent differently than us a little bit, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think because this is something I will say that Nick and I we don't fight about it, but we definitely have little arguments about just like how he parents versus how I parent, specifically when it comes to reprimanding. And punishing. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to hear. So we'll, we'll put some good questions in that one for sure. Yeah. All right. <sighs> All Look right. at us. So Mom wins. Gonzalez. I know. I know. Mom wins and favorite new products. I, in recipes, I'm going to go ahead and start. This was a while ago. I found this recipe in Cooking Light, one of my cookbooks that I have upstairs. And it was like a cornflake chicken tender, which was okay. But it <laughs> called for a mustard dipping sauce. And this sauce was so good. I mean, I would will make it for anything. I mean, I'll make it. I don't even know what I would make it else for other than chicken nuggets. But seriously, it was delicious. I got to figure out how else I can use this. But basically what it is, it's a half a cup of mustard, a fourth a cup of honey, and a half teaspoon of ginger. That is it. So I will put this recipe in the show notes. I can't think of what else I would use it for. But Just with chicken, yellow mustard? Yellow mustard. Yes. Oh. And it was divine. I was like licking this. I was licking the bowl that it was in. And when I was finished, I mean, I just couldn't get enough of it. It was so good. Hmm. Yeah. Sounds delicious. Um, I guess mine could have gotten, it's not a dessert or a side. Is that what the listener asked for? Anyway, this is a, this is a what? seasonal recipe. Um, our question, was it question three up here? Does, wasn't it desserts oh, oh, oh. Yes. or sides? Yes, ho- holiday sides. So these these muffins kind of make me think of the holidays, but um, mm-hmm. we were celebrating a birthday at work. And so I made zucchini and pumpkin muffins with cranberries and chocolate chips. Oh, oh They were so good. So, so good. Um, and that is linked in the show notes. Okay. The kids have loved them too. Breakfast, okay. snacks, freezer, they're everywhere. It made uh, 30, 30 muffins. So, oh, nice. Yeah. All right, so time to read a review. We've got one from C Salt Twenty Three. I love Says, that name. <laughs> I do too. Um, woo! I love these two ladies and their chemistry together. As an RD myself, I love the RD talk, but I would enjoy it even if I wasn't one. Thank you so much. All right, so coming up on November first, we will be dishing out our favorite vegetarian and vegan products and recipes. Until then. Keep in touch with us on social media at Dietitian's Dish Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram and check out all of our episodes and show notes on our website, dietitiansdishpodcast.com. Also, please tell your friends about us. They can find us on numerous outlets such as Overcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. And if you listen on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review. We promise it only takes a few seconds. All right, until next time, everyone be well and Nicole, talk to you soon. 
Take care, Gina. Bye-bye. See ya. Thank you for listening for the podcast. Bye-bye.